by Muskoka for Muskoka. Your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean, and our guest today is legendary drummer, singer, songwriter, Jim McCarty, who is best known probably for his work in the Yardbirds and as a founding original member of the Yardbirds, but he's done so much more. I was pretty thrilled when I heard that there was an opportunity to chat with you, um, and uh, so I, I wanted to start basically by talking about your new book. I was hoping to have a copy of it before we had a chance to talk, but it didn't come in the mail yet, so <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. Do you, would you mind uh, chatting a bit about the book and telling us a little bit about the background of it and why you chose to write it at this time? And yeah, sure. Well, it, it was all, it all came about really from my wife, who, who passed last year, um, and she she'd had cancer for a couple of years, and uh, it, it was a great shock to me. Obviously, yeah. uh, my life had been going nicely, and all of a sudden, I was sort of smacked in the face, you know. Um, but I was I was really uh, I really wanted to find out what had happened to her. Right. So I I pursued whatever I could. Um, I watch YouTube documentaries of near-death experiences and I spoke to mediums um, and I ended up doing a, um, a medium course with someone called Suzanne Giesman, right. who's a, an American medium um, who was uh, formerly a, an officer in the U.S. Navy. <laughs> right, yeah. And she lost her. <laughs> she lost her daughter in Iraq, who was hit by lightning, and so she decided to become a medium there and then. Right. And she went to study. She went to study in England, and then she started doing uh, courses uh, for mediums. And so uh, I did a Zoom course. I was in a sort of lockdown in France. I did a Zoom course um, studying how to contact my wife. Um, and I was, I was pretty successful. <laughs> right. Um, Suzanne always spoke about evidence, you know, needing evidence. If you're going to speak to someone that's beyond the veil, as she says, right. you need to have solid evidence. Um, so you need to ask them for, for some, uh, you know, physical evidence of something about somebody or, something you're going to see or something's going to happen to you. So, uh, and this this all turned out really well. You know, um, I, I got quite a lot of evidence and, and um, I decided to write, to write the book about it because, uh, you know, it was such a journey. And yeah. um, I, I was always interested in that sort of stuff uh, ever since I was a kid and when I was in the band and, I went back, you know, to when I was in the band and I used to chat with Keith Ralph, the singer, right. about all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
we we were interested in you know UFOs and paranormal stuff and, and Buddhism and all that. Um, so it's been it's been going through my life, and then all of a sudden I'm, I was faced with uh, you know the reality of looking at it, mm. and um, it, it it was it was a, sec- a success. I, I was convinced that I was speaking to my wife. Right. Um, I really believe that the consciousness carries on after we're yep. we're dead. You know. Sure. Um, uh, it's not part of the brain as people think, um, and I was quite—I mean, I was quite—it uh, was quite a revelation to me to yeah. find out yeah. that all things were. Right. So I wrote the book as a, an observer of, of all the things that were going on, right. um, not not trying to tell anybody or preach anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to uh, read it. Uh, first of all, let me offer my condolences. Um, Certainly, uh, these events are so powerful. Um, and now, in in your experience with this, was it through the medium that you were able to uh, to speak or or contact your your wife's presence, or did you do this directly? Uh, well, uh, no, I did. It. I managed to do it directly because she she showed you various methods okay, of how okay. to do it. Wow. Uh, how to prepare yourself and how to go into a mental yeah. uh, mental place where you could do it, right. and uh, and how to like um, expand your aura and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I, I did speak uh, to Lizzie through a medium, uh, but also uh, I managed to do it without. So, right. uh, wow. and I had some quite, you know, some quite unusual things happen right i can imagine um <laughs> i can imagine well unusual you know that there was one one thing where i uh, that's in the book where i uh i was going to talk to a woman that worked for us in in uh los angeles called mariah and uh, I, I was going to phone Mariah, and I asked Lizzie, my wife, I said, well, tell me something about Mariah that I don't know. So I saw this skipping rope, right. basically. Uh, so I, I rang Mariah, and we, we spoke about, you know, the group and stuff, because she's the tour manager of the, of the group. Right. And uh, so when it came to the end of the conversation, I said, well, do you do skipping at all, Mariah, you know? Uh, and she said, well, I used to do it as a kid, but not anymore. Right. So I explained, I explained. I said, well, uh, I, I was just communicating with Lizzie, my wife, and she mentioned there was a skipping rope in, in conjunction with you, something to do with you. Right. So she said, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So she said, I'm a big fan of Salvador Dali. Right. And Salvador Dali used to put Alice in Wonderland in his, in his paintings. Yeah. And Alice was skipping the paintings. And in fact, I did a homage to Salvador Dali. Um, and it's actually on my wall behind me. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't see it, actually. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> a person skipping. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And she, and she she sent me the picture, and I put the picture in the book, of course. 
And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good evidence. And yeah. uh, so that was one of quite a few different things that happened to me. Yeah. Now, now, during the course of your life, had you uh, studied uh, any other, you know, like, you know, certain certain types of Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, and uh, certain other kinds of formal approaches talk about this kind of uh, experience as well. Did you study anything along those lines over your lifetime, or did you become involved with any of those kinds well, of schools or things like that? Well, yes. I was always interested, and in fact, my wife and I, did did follow a Buddhist guru um, okay. who was Indian. Right. We actually went on pilgrimages to India and uh, uh, and China and Sikkim um, uh, a few times, about half a dozen trips, right. um, which were very interesting. And we went to the Himalayas and uh, studied the Buddhist practices. Um, which were were very mind expanding, mm-hmm. but they didn't really. I don't know. They <laughs> yeah. they had nothing on this, you know. This yeah, no, sort, uh, sort of real, a real sort of mind blower, so yeah. to speak. Um, yeah, and quite a revelation for me. But I I, I I was sort of half prepared for it all. So yeah. yes, I, I I had studied before. Yeah, well, I mean that's a staggering experience. Uh, it must bring you um, incredible peace and joy of some sort to be able to make those kind of contacts. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I miss her physical presence, of course, but yeah, um, of course. the fact that she's there and I know she's there, yeah. uh, and I can I can feel her very subtly yeah. um, a lot of the time. Right. That, that makes a huge difference. To the, right. to the grief process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I I, um, I can't wait to read more about that uh, journey of yours. Um, I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking to you about your last solo album, uh, Walking in the Wild Land, which I find to be quite extraordinarily beautiful. And uh, the, there's a lot of themes in that. Or about they seem The themes in the album seem to be about finding recognizing peace, searching, almost in a sort of a spiritual sense. Has that been part of your solo work? Has those themes, themes have, have they, uh, have you had those? Because this is the only album of yours that I know so far, your only solo album. But yeah. it's a gorgeous yeah. album. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Thank you. I have worked. I have worked through those sort of themes before. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, some of those themes and some of those songs are spoken about it in the group. Um, but I think you know, walking in the wildland. Yeah, that that, that was like um, uh, re- really an improvement on what I'd done before. It was sort of well well done, well produced. Um, yeah. It was produced by Harry Brown, who was uh, uh, in, in Toronto, who produced a lot of the Rush albums. Oh, right. He's an English, and he's very good. And he, you know, we got on very well. And he, he did a good job on my voice, you know, which was some, something that was very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, I talked about nature and the, the healing power of nature yeah. came in. 
came into it a lot. Yeah. And uh, that that was my experience. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm living, you know, in quite a, a beautiful place um, but for nature, and there's a lot of lovely wild places and um, yeah. uh, hills, you know, hills and mountains to walk in. And it's uh, it's quite a magical place where I live. I'm quite fortunate. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, you know, about those sort of themes in, in that uh, in that album. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some pretty powerful moments there lyrically, um, and uh, I mean, there's one one reference you make. Uh, you know, don't want to talk about 1969 anymore. And I thought, oh man, I won't be able to ask him about the past. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but uh, I I was very touched by the album. I'm 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 pretty excited to hear it. I, I uh, you've had such a a remarkable musical life. I mean, you've not only uh, your early period with the Yardbirds, but also your subsequent work uh, as well has been pretty. Uh, pretty what's the word i mean you've you've done a lot of different kinds of things by muskoka for muskoka your collection of muskoka based talk shows muskoka magazine the bay 88.7 brought to you by dairy lane dental keeping muskoka smiling for over 30 years visit dairylanedental.com jim mccarty talks about the yardbirds my name is douglas mclean and this is shortcuts um look can i can i go back a little bit and just ask a little bit about the yardbirds of course i mean you've you've been Touring with, with yeah, yeah. you you've been touring for quite a few years with kind of a reformatted uh, uh, Yardbirds. What what uh, prompted that? Was that the uh, like? Was there some reason to get back together and start going out on the road with that group, or was there demand for that again? Or. We we started that back in uh, well must be in the in the early in the middle nineties yeah. you know after we got inducted into the Hall of Fame okay. um, uh, we suddenly became you know we had a new burst of energy, <laughs> energy. confidence whatever yeah. and I was playing a little blues band in London okay um, in a in a little uh, pub that used to have blues every night right and. Uh, I was playing some of the old, uh, you know, blues songs, and uh, the, the the other guys in the band used to turn up. You know, Chris Dreyer and um, Paul and right. Jeff Beck even really came. Oh, yeah. You know, a couple of nights because we had a we had a real real old atmosphere, which was like the old days. You right. know, the early sixties. Yeah, and um, we went from there. Some somebody. An agent said, "Oh, do you, do you fancy getting the Arbors back together with, with Chris yeah. um, and playing along with the Animals because he was already booking the Animals." All oh, right, yeah. With uh, with Hilton Valentine and yeah. John Steele, right? Uh, and so, decided from then we we give it a go, and so we we started touring and doing festivals and stuff, and then we went from there. We okay. we changed the lineup a bit, yeah. Uh, finally, Chris Dreyer dropped out because he had uh, pretty bad health and right. had some strokes. Um, yeah, I'd read uh, that. Yeah. Actually, on the road. Yeah, yeah. So he couldn't work anymore. Right. So I'm sort of left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but still, still fun. I mean, it's still a great, 
it's a great band. They're, they're American guys. Yeah. Um, such a great repertoire to keep playing, you know. Um, yeah. Well, it, it's very popular and people really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, they're such great songs. I have to admit to you that uh, when I was a kid and I heard Smokestack Lightning from you guys, I, I just fell down. I fell in love with the sound of that band so much I couldn't get enough of you and I when I was in high school I I was a little DJ I did a little DJ thing and I'd be playing all of your singles all the time but there did you guys know that you had this unique sound because it's unlike any of those bands that came out of that era it had something so fresh and alive about it um especially your your you know your takes on some of the Chicago blues songs just floored me <laughs> i still play i do a blues show now and i i still play smokestack lightning your version of smokestack lightning quite a bit um but that that yeah. was a yeah yeah where uh, like did the, the core of the band sort of understand that you had something because it's it's quite different than say what the animals were doing or even the rolling stone any of those bands that you had something yes I mean, we, we were just just doing um, our, our sort of version, and we wanted to make it a bit different. Okay. Um, but we had some we had some very talented guys, you know. Yeah, that, yeah <laughs> for sure. You know, yeah. yeah, for I sure. I Jeff Jeff Beck and Paul Smith Smith yeah. for yeah. start. Yeah. Um, they had so many ideas about uh, you know. Um, updating the Chicago blues or doing right. uh, different versions, you know, yeah. <laughs> and making, making them different and unusual. Um, so that that's really how it all worked. Yeah. And we were all, we were all putting our ideas in the pot and yeah. uh, having fun with it. We had a lot of fun with that, so, with that music. That music was great, you know, yeah. but to start with. Yeah. And, uh, uh, um, Go on, go on. Oh, so, I mean, and Keith's singing too, and uh, you know his harmonica playing, and his presence too on the stage was was quite different than because he wasn't really a front man and as such as he. You guys seem to be a full band out there, just you know playing uh, your sound. But you know that's my perception as a Canadian over here. So you know it's it's hard for me to know it, uh, and it was a long time ago now. Um, well, yeah. He had a great presence about him, and he was very, uh, you know, he was he, he loved the music, and he really every time he did a gig, he really went for it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but he didn't he didn't have a strong voice and a strong constitution, but um, yeah, he he put a hundred, you know, a hundred and ten percent in into the show. You know, right. he was yeah. he was dedicated. Yeah. Now <laughs> As we all were. Yes, you were, yeah. Well, and you had, uh, I, I, I think you must have had pretty good success too. Um, when I noticed that uh, you've done a few gigs with the original guitarists, maybe that was in the 90s or the top, I don't know, how do you pronounce it, top, Topham or something? Do, do you keep in contact with, yeah, do you keep in contact with uh, with those guys? and? With, with yeah, yeah, we, we all come. You know, it's not uh, it's not every day, but we do, we do keep in contact. Um, I'm I'm probably in contact more with Jimmy than anyone at the moment uh, for some reason. Um, 
Yeah, we, we brought out an old uh, album with well, the Anderson Theatre, you probably know, the live at the Anderson Theatre. Oh, right, yeah. Jimmy decided to uh, re- remix that and remaster it. Right. And we brought it up about three or four years ago. Right. Um, we called it Yardbird 68. And, um, yeah, that, that, that was nice to have out because it sounded very good. And I'd forgotten how good how good we were, you know, because we were basically, to me, you know, uh, we were on the way out then. But we, right. you know, the, yeah. the recording was pretty, we played pretty well. Um, oh, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, so, so yeah, Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's a pretty good, pretty good mate still, yeah. you know. Oh, all, the, I mean, the others, yeah. all the others, we all, we all, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a pretty extraordinary trio of guitarists to come out of one band. I'll tell you, uh, it uh, it's you know it's mind blowing in many ways. When when the Yardbirds became Led Zeppelin, were you were you was there any point where you might have been considered as the drummer of of that new configuration, or were you getting out of that? Or well, well, it was actually uh, Keith Ralph and my idea to. To split the group, oh, so okay. Okay. you know, we, we were like a, a, a together about what we were going to do. Okay. Um, we wanted to do something different. So, right. Uh, basically, we we split in two, and Jimmy and Chris decided to carry on with the band, but um, Chris got sidelined in, in sidelined for John Paul Jones right. somewhere along the line. Uh, right. And um, you know the other guys came in. It was all you know. That was all history. So yeah, uh, we, we we'd had enough of doing that. We didn't think uh, there was any mileage in it anymore, really, because there was no. Um, we weren't coming up with the you know with the same songs that we did, like um, shapes of things. Right. Yeah. Happening ten years time. Yeah. We weren't producing that. With with the four piece, so right. it, you know it wasn't really going anywhere for right, us. Right. Yeah. Well, what a turning point uh, with that band too. Uh, now, 